It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, January 31st. LA Galaxy. It's game week. It's a game week that you get to go to. Preseason game coming up on Saturday. LA Galaxy versus LA Galaxy East. Bruce Arena and the New England Revolution. Uh, Omar Gonzalez, AJ De La Garza, uh, Sebastian Legette probably won't play in that game, but might be back and actually looking at his team, his new team by then. So we'll uh, sort of get you there. Costa, Diego Costa rumors, crazy on fire right now. Christian Pavone rumors. I think there's a lot of speculation. We're going to talk about that as well. More first kit primary leaks. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Just so a little twist, a little addition here um, to sort of get you that as well. Um, and then just some other little housekeeping stuff as well in order to help me do that uh he's currently in the frozen tundra of minnesota his hotel room is probably just slightly warmer than the outside or at least that is how he is dressed uh it's the man himself mr kevin baxter kev are you okay there how you doing okay yeah, I, I'm okay. I, I noticed in the logo in the intro. This is season 14. Season, yeah. Well, this of is the, the, yeah. This is the 14th season of Corner of the Galaxy. You you weren't on there for all of those, but yes, season 14. So you've been renewed more often than Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Why? How many seasons did they have? I don't know, but they didn't have 14. Okay. By the way, you since I'm dressed like this, do you want your weather report for game time on Wednesday? Oh, U.S. Honduras. This is U.S. Honduras in Minnesota, where it where there has been lots of. Uh, questioning about the the frigid temperatures that will be played here on on wednesday yes give me give me the weather report yeah i just checked the uh, the most updated hourly forecast five degrees at kickoff with a wind chill of uh, 10 mile an hour wind so that's going to be a minus 10 wind chill this is guys going to be running around in shorts in a minus 10 wind chill by the time the game ends the air temperature will be two degrees and the wind chill will be minus 13 now couple of things to keep in mind. Honduras is already eliminated from World Cup competition or from qualifying. They, um, they, they're winless. Um, they uh, are, are eliminated. There's no chance they can make the World Cup. Um, they may or may not be with their uh, playing before their third coach in this qualifying tournament. Um, there's talks they may send like a U12 team or whatever. Um, they were supposed to arrive in Minneapolis tonight, uh, around 9 o'clock tonight, Minneapolis time. They have nothing to play for. And they're going to play in, in these dismal conditions. And, and another thing to keep in mind, too, is the U.S. is clearly the superior team in this matchup. When you play in inclement weather, uh, it's not supposed to snow, but it's going to be very uncomfortable, obviously. When you play in inclement weather, that always favors the poor team because 
you can see a situation where Honduras scores on a, a, a freak own goal, you know, early in the game, and then just they just sit back and defend, and and they win a game. So the U.S. really would it would behoove them to play this in a normal circumstance because they're the better team. But as of right now, they're gonna they're saying they're gonna go forward. The backup site, by the way, is not. I found this out tonight. Apparently, is not U.S. Bank Stadium, which is the Vikings. Uh, domed home here in Minneapolis. The backup site is Austin. Uh, They've talked about freeing the stadium in Austin to play this game, meaning they'd have to relocate everybody. That clearly, or it would seem to me, that is not going to happen at right. this late hour. But I, you, there are about 1,000 tickets short of a sellout in a 20,000-seat stadium, and people who have already bought tickets uh, for the game at uh, uh, Allianz uh, Stadium, Allianz Field, they're selling them at a loss on the secondary market because no one wants to sit. I, I, I don't know why they don't want to sit in a minus th uh, 13 windshield to watch guys run around in shorts in a game that means something for the U.S. but means nothing for Honduras. Very interesting. I mean, we, we've seen the cold weather games sort of happen. Um, you and I talked a lot about, you know, the fact that uh, that we don't get any games here in Los Angeles. So you don't get games really in New York. And, and we've, listen, we're not going to go into it. There's a whole bunch of reasons why that is. I just think that, U.S. soccer needs to start rethinking where they're playing games sometimes. I mean, I love the cold weather and take the advantage and get all the stuff that you want. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that all goes. Good luck, by the way. I, I, are you going to walk to the stadium tomorrow or on Wednesday? You have a, you have a long layover, actually, still. It's, you still got till Wednesday. Yeah, still got till Wednesday. There is a light rail system here that I think is actually very good. Um, I did see a guy get hit by the light rail train the other day. And it was funny because can, 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 can you preface it first? He did not die. So just tell him. He did he not did, die, okay. no. In fact, it, it, it reminded me, uh, I, I think the train should have got a card. And I think that's what the guy was going for because he was apparently hit a glancing blow by the train, laid down between the, the tracks of the two um, uh, light rail uh, trains, laid down uh, uh, in a safe area for maybe five minutes, like he was waiting for a card and then jumped up and walked away. <laughs> So I don't know what the deal was, but there was no card given uh, and the game could play continued. Ah, oh, good times. Good fun. I was going to say this is uh, this is you had a much more interesting weekend than I did for sure. I just went to Colorado. I came back. There was there was not too much exciting that, that sort of went on. But yeah, um, all good. Uh, a busy L.A. weekend and certainly the Rams uh, a winning as well. I actually got to watch that game on the on the plane on the way home. We'll have an L.A. Galaxy tie into that here in just a little bit. But let's go back to Friday, Kevin. We go back to Friday, the day I was traveling, uh, whenever I knew the L.A. Galaxy would announce something while I was on a plane. Um, and luckily, they, they waited till I landed to sort of do that. Uh, the L.A. Galaxy released their 2022 preseason roster. All right. Um, here's where we sort of sit with this stuff. Um, 34 total players on this preseason roster. Not surprising. There's some LA Galaxy 2 guys. There's, uh, here, I can give you the breakdown. There's four LA Galaxy 2. Eric, Eric Lopez is back. Yeah, well, and uh, yeah, it, which is interesting because we thought maybe he wasn't going to be back, but maybe he is back. Um, so four LA Galaxy 2 players, uh, three MLS draft picks, and one trialist. The only interesting part of this whole roster, I think, is that the one trialist uh, is on there, and that's Hamza Berry. Uh, Hamza Berry is a Gambian professional 
professional uh, football player uh, playing as a midfielder. He's currently a free agent, hasn't played with some teams, heard there were some injury issues there as well. Super interesting because obviously if the LA Galaxy were to sign him and put him onto the roster, they would need an international slot. Uh, you can talk about Farai Mutatu, who we're going to talk about here in a second. Also, if the LA Galaxy were to sign him, they would need an international slot in order to sign him. So there's some of these guys on here that uh, that you question sort of whether or not there's any realm of possibility that they're actually going to make the team. And, you know, I always think, I think Mutatu is going to make it difficult, but in the end, I don't know that the galaxy are going to find that it's worth spending $250,000, which is right around about what international slots are going for on a first round draft pick for this year. Maybe they can work him in next year. Maybe he goes to LA galaxy too, which is always a possibility anyway. But, um, some of these, some of these players here, you have to think are just they're they're not going to be with the first team simply because the LA Galaxy are going to be short on international slots and maybe growing shorter uh, as as the week goes on. So, um, interesting roster. I don't think there were any surprises. Uh, Preston Judd is up playing. Eric Lopez is up playing from Galaxy Two. Uh, Insingue uh, is up with LA Galaxy Two. Josh Drack is up with LA Galaxy Two. You had all the three draft picks are also in camp right now as well in the one trialist. So, thirty four players there. Galaxy have a roster about 26 players officially signed to the first team whenever you look at it. So obviously there's some overlap here, but yeah, there you go. We are. Well, you know, another thing, especially with the trialist is, you know, those guys may not be trying to make the Galaxy team. Um, You know, it's a chance to come to camp, show what you can do, show that you're fit. And and they're going to play preseason games against other teams. They just play Toronto. They're going to play New England. Some of those coaches will get a chance maybe to see some of these guys or get reports from the Galaxy like, hey, you know, this guy has no chance to make our club. We don't have a spot for him, but you might want to take a look at him. You need a forward, a midfield or whatever. So just the idea they're in camp um, doesn't necessarily mean they're trying to make the Galaxy. They're trying to make a team, but it may not be this team. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and you know, that's how it always goes with, with this. It's all about uh, progress. And with the recent injuries, um, you could understand why uh, Rye, uh, Barry is, is in camp and sort of trying to do this and trying to show. So um, who knows exactly what the motivation is there. If we have another media call, uh, which we should have after the game on Saturday night, uh, we might be able to ask some questions and sort of, you know, uh, try to figure some of those stuff out. But there will also be game-related questions there as well. So the LA Galaxy announced their 2022 preseason roster. The reason they did that, Kevin, is because they then played on Saturday a game against Toronto FC, the first preseason game. I don't know what the format was, uh, was not told. Uh, I don't know if they played 45-45. I don't know if they played 30-30-30. and 30. Uh, I don't know if there were three different starting lineups, one starting lineup. I don't know if the starters played in the whole deal. What we do know is that there was a final score, and we do know who scored the goals. Uh, and we've seen some some little tiny video here and there of, of how some of these goals were actually scored. So uh, the Galaxy get five goal scorers. Good. Um, Two the- on penalty kicks, though. Two one penalty, Chicharito and Grandster, uh, both on the board and both scored via penalty kick. So good and bad. I mean, somebody had to create those chances, right? So when you say that, you say, okay, good. That that's that's probably not bad. Uh, Efrain Alvarez scored the first goal. Um, I think he slotted it inside with his left foot just inside the box. So that was good. Um, you had uh, Cabral scored, Grand uh, Grand scored, Mutatu scored. Uh, so basically, Kevin, whenever I look at this. Almost all the guys you wanted to get goals in a game got a goal in a game, right? You got, uh, you know, Efrain Alvarez, you got Chicharito, you got Cabral, you got Grancier, uh, Farai Matatu. If he's going to make this team, he needs to light it up in the preseason, and he's already scored in his first game that he played um, in that preseason. So uh, having said did, that... Did, I, do, you, do you know 
Do you know if either team used a goalkeeper or any defenders? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> nine goals scored in a preseason game. If you looked at some of the other preseason matches around MLS, and I didn't see all of them, I just saw a handful. But, you know, it was like one nothing, zero zero, one one. you know, that type of thing. And here you go, you have a nine-goal game. Um, I, I Listen, I, I know everybody, and there were people who were jumping up and down already. You know, I said, hey, you know, the Galaxy got five goal scorers. That's, that's huge. That's really good. Um, and then people were like, yeah, but they allowed four goals. And I'm like, yeah, but it also doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that those five guys scored and it doesn't matter that they gave up four because it's preseason, Kevin. And what do we say every preseason? It doesn't matter until it matters, right? We won't know if this means anything for the defense. Uh, no idea because the preseason does not mean that it's going to go that way during the regular season. A good preseason doesn't mean you're going to have a good season. Uh, a bad preseason doesn't mean you're going to have a bad season. A preseason where the defense doesn't give up any goals doesn't mean that you have a good defense and the did, same did, thing goes. Didn't they go, didn't they go unbeaten in Kurt Anafo's lone preseason? Um, I don't know. That's a good, that's like a 17. I, I, I seem to remember there was a season when they went like unbeaten in the preseason and then just, were terrible when the season started, or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe it was a Bruce Arena team that went winless in the preseason. Um, but Bruce was always great about that. Bruce was the one that said, you know, no one keeping track of these games. Yeah. In the preseason. Yeah, and and I sort of I sort of pay attention. Although if you remember last year, the Galaxy actually had a, had a decent preseason as well. They went uh, a whole string of games unbeaten um, in that. And so you know, again, don't take anything from it, but also take little things from it, which is you got guys, five guys on the scoreboard. That's good. Four goals, not great, but doesn't necessarily even indicate a trend yet. This is one game. Um, and who knows who they were playing? Maybe Vanny was like, I'm going to pair all these guys with people they've never played together with before ever, not even in training. And we're going to try it out and see how it goes. And it didn't go well. And so, you know, maybe like Vanny and Kalichman and Hartman played. I would imagine that they wouldn't have given up four goals. Just that's just that's just my my take on it. We'll see how that eventually translates out. But the LA Galaxy did get a win in preseason, so the Galaxy won and O in preseason. If you are keeping track of that, um, we will try to keep track of that. And of course, a reminder: February fifth coming up, the LA Galaxy have a game, of course, against New England Revolution that you can go to. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. So. That's what we got. We got a preseason roster, Kevin, 34 players. We got a 5-4 victory for the LA Galaxy in their first preseason game. Um, so, I mean, you know, in terms of a weekend of soccer, the Galaxy did what they were supposed to do and, you know, onward and upward, and that's what you're supposed to see. The other bit of information that we got, and we started this on Thursday, because on Thursday morning, we got the first kit leak, right? We got the first primary kit leak that we were going to see of this new 2022 kit. And there had been lots of rumors that there wasn't going to be a sash, um, that this was going to be a return to more of the traditional colors for the LA Galaxy as well. We've seen some templates. We saw some things and uh, we had, and I, I really want to dive into this just a little bit, Kevin, because I think you'll find this interesting. So I, I haven't talked to you about this because you really don't care about kits most of the time. And so this is, yeah, that's why I'm unlikely to find this interesting, but, but by all means, go ahead. <laughs> please, please keep talking. Um, so, uh, the, on, on Thursday morning, I got a DM and we talked about it cause that was the whole towel joke. Everybody remembers that. Um, so I'm, I'm tweeting out these photos. I'm doing this stuff. And so later on that day, the guy who actually took the photos DM me and we started talking, uh, at Philip Flanagan on Twitter, or it's Philippe Flanagan. It's P H I L I P Flanagan was the one now here, get this, Kevin, you have an Irish galaxy fan. Okay, he's an Irish Galaxy fan. He lives in Ireland. Uh, he was on holiday in London, so he's over in the in the big city um, in London, going around, and he goes to a kit store because he was just looking for kits, right? I mean, why not? I whenever I go to London, I do the same thing. Um, so you go in there looking for kits, and so he goes in and he sees 
this kit, which is basically the what we think is the replica version of this year's kit. It's very it's very plain. Uh, it again, we were like, is this a training top? It doesn't seem like it's a training top. We've sort of confirmed a lot of the details and everything else that we we're sort of trying to trying to see. So it was a very plain white shirt has blue trim. It has quasars around the, the bicep holes. I guess you should, you could call it the arm holes, right? So on that trim, but the color itself was just a plain Navy blue. The only addition that we really thought, and certainly people in our discord, a friend of mine who had possibly seen some, seen this kit. Um, and there's a bunch of people who have possibly seen this kit said one of the things that was missing was that they expected that the quasars would fill in that collar. Uh, Apparently, Footy Headlines, who who leaks a lot of this kit, a lot of these kit things, have a source, uh, and that person's that person's name is Kit Leak Boy, who has provided info on a bunch of different kits and been right about all of it. So this is a legit person who says also that the quasars should have been around the collar um, on this. Otherwise, it's a pretty good replication of what's go, going. Go on. back to the shirt from London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that have the? Yes, it does have the Adidas stripes on the shoulders too. Yes. You know, you say it's a it's plain. I, I look at it and I, I see classic classic. I mean, it's simple. They, they didn't overcomplicate it. If that's what you're trying to say. And I, and I understand it. This is basically what we believe the replica or what the authentic will look like with the five stars. Um, just a little bit more classic. There's going to be a little bit more, I would call it bling or refinement on the authentic than there is from the replica. Um, so that's what you're, that's what you're sort of seeing in this. And so we believe that this look with the quasars around the collar, the quasars around the, the arms um, at the, the edge of the, the trim there, uh, white shorts and then sort of the white socks. The, it's a classic look. It will be a classic look, Kevin, but there is no sash. Um, it, the sash has you, gone away. I kind of like that classic look. I mean, if you think about other sports, the old Ram uniforms, you know, the old white and blue uniforms, before they got all fancy. I, I like those ones. The Yankees, I mean, everyone, the Yankees, you know, the pinstripes and the, 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 uh, do you realize N and Y? I mean, those are classics. And then you see other teams try to jazz it up and, and they, they wind up looking like circus clowns. Do, 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 uh, do, I, I like this. I mean, it's classic. It's, it's, it, it's historic in a sense. It, you know, kind of harkens back to the glory days. Um, I, I don't have any problem with this. Do you? Yeah, I mean, you you argued against yourself and you didn't even realize it. What do the Yankees have that is that is that is their they their preeminent thing that they have on their on their home jerseys? What do they have? Pinstripes, right? Yeah, it's, it's got to have the pinstripes. What do the LA Galaxy they have? have? They also don't have names on the back. <laughs> okay, but what do what do the LA Galaxy have that has been well, classic used to have that throughout? Sash. The, you, you said s- that it made like Miss America sash on there. They've had a sash, and so you're taking the thing that is uniquely theirs and you are saying there's no point in having that anymore we'll just make it like a white shirt like everybody else that's what i have a problem with it i think and this is and i already joked about this on thursday i think that i will go i don't like it and then i'll look at it again in a week and i'll say you know it's not that bad and then i will see it in person and go those look clean and then i'm sure it'll end up in you know being bought and stuffed in a in a closet somewhere that's usually what what ends up happening Remember this time last year with Vanny coming in and bringing Collegeman and Hartman back on the coaching staff and all that, the whole theme was, you know, back to the future, going back to the beginning. And they went back to the beginning with the kits as well. Yeah. Uh, Remember that? There's a lot of excitement about that. And there was a lot of meaning to it. I don't. I don't sense the same kind of excitement or meaning to this kit. Well, they got lucky with the community kit because not only did they have that come out whenever they got somebody like Greg Vanny coming back and it tied in perfectly. Remember, those kits are 18 months in development usually. So there's no way they could have known Greg Vanny was going to be the 
head coach whenever they made that kit, which is which was, you know, hey, luck of the draw. It works. Uh, by the way, we got to give some shout outs here. Uh, John uh, is giving us ten dollars to the COG uh, drone fund. They want us to get a drone. So that way we can start uh, spying on all these preseason games. Um, I like that. I like drones. Uh, eSuper also gave us ten dollars to super chat for the COG drone fund. Um, and then we got a little super chat from uh, John in Peru. He says, send me greetings from Peru. So or, or he's in Peru. So, John, uh, how's it going? Uh, uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for following in Peru. So um, that's what we got with this primary kit leak. That's where we sit. Um, I should mention that uh, it's Jonah Henderson who has been doing these uh, these these mock-ups, um, and he does a really nice job with them in terms of, I would imagine that it's going to look something pretty close to this. So um, whenever you get that, if you're listening, you can go on to our YouTube page and, and see these uh, these particular kits as we try to explain it. But it still has the three blue stripes on the top, has the quasars on the collar, um, a low profile collar, not a like folded over David Beckham era collar. Um, so we're still in that sort of thing. Um, just a, it's a it's a clean look. I'll, I'll agree to that. But uh, I don't think it's, you know, super special or exciting. I, I like that Jonah includes the socks. You got to include the socks, man. That's what that's what makes it. I don't know why everybody anyway. Um, so yeah, so, and just remember, cause Antonio asked, uh, in there, these, these shirts all go on a two year cycle, right? So you're going to have this be the 2022, 2023 home kit. Um, and the community kit will be the community kit for this year. And then next year it goes away. Um, so there will not be, there will be a new, uh, secondary kit next year, which means community kits going away. That's kind of scary. I don't like that because I think that's possibly the most identity the galaxy have had in a very long time. And that's going to go away next after this year, this last year. And the only, and the only reason they do this folks is so that you will go out and buy shirts every year or every two years at, at, at the outside. This yeah. is all a way to separate you from some of your hard earned money, which you already spend on season tickets. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of, a lot of people do for sure. Um, there's always that argument. And I think we talked about it a little on Thursday, you know, everybody thinks that buying kits is like the ultimate, that that is some sort of huge monetary value for, for sports teams. Um, when it comes to MLS, I just don't see that being just like huge amount of money that the LA galaxy get from people buying kits. It's something don't get me wrong, but it's not like they sell millions of them, Kevin. They don't. Um, but, but, no, but, but MLS, I mean, the fact MLS every year sends out that list of highest selling jerseys. I do think MLS makes some money, not on that pajama kit that you're wearing, but on MLS kits. I do think they get some money from it. Some. Um, uh, but, I, I, you know, otherwise I don't understand. Again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, the Yankees have been wearing basically the same uniform since Babe Ruth played. Mm. Yet, uh, and the Galaxy yet every two years or every MLS team, every two years, there's a new kit. Yep. Every two years. Yeah, they have to change the sponsor. I get it when you're Seattle and they change your sponsors. Uh, you need to, once you put a new logo on there, I think there has to be, you have to restyle it a little bit and make it work. Um, but Galaxy have had Herbalife for far too long and it's the same, sort of the same shirt, but, yeah. but slightly different thing to make you go buy a new one. Yes. Yes, it, it works too. By the way, I like that there. I like that there is there is variety in that. Um, I just think that whenever you have something like a community kit, that maybe you want to keep that. Um, that maybe you realize that's special and you shouldn't just you know send that off the pasture and away it goes. Um, so anyway, that's where we sit with that. Uh, let's see, what do we want to talk about? I want to get to Douglas Costa. I do. And it's not that. So let me tell you, I want to explain to everybody how I structure the show, which is I, I want to allow for as much a lot of conversation on the stuff that's important, Kevin. Right. Like I want to talk about Douglas Costa. I want to talk about Christian Pavone. We realize those are the most important things to me. It makes more sense to hit those whenever I know we have like the rest of the show to like fill that with. Right. If we can do that, then I know we have plenty of time to discuss things. So it's things that don't matter that I sort of want to like 
fit in real quick so that way we can make sure we talk about them we get them through and then we can get to the important things so it's not just about well, stalling until the so end what you're, yeah no what you're saying is don't tune in until like 20 minutes after we start see, see that's why i don't like saying it like that because i i'm not trying to stretch it in but i do want to provide a good way to discuss it and not miss some other things this is an la podcast folks you arrive late i mean it's okay get there in the second inning you know get there in the 25th minute it's okay it's still scoreless yeah we're yeah. good we're, we're, you're, you're fine um let's talk real quick uh it was funny because uh i saw this sort of happening but uh, some of the la galaxy players were at the, the championship game there for for the rams um beat the 49ers uh at sofi stadium uh this was sasha question jonathan bond uh Derek williams and nick depew so you had two center backs a goalkeeper uh, and the, the, the midfielder of all midfielders, the, the, I don't want to say the dad of the team, but really he is the dad of the team. He is the captain of the team, uh, taking the young guys out to go, to go see a, a, a well, football game. That, that explains the four goals. These yeah. guys were all at the game and there was no goalkeeper and missing a couple of center backs. So that's what happened. Yep. They got to the game. They had to get to the game early. By the way, Sasha Kleshen said it was the greatest atmosphere for a sporting event he's ever been at because he wasn't at, he wasn't at the first El Trafico. Everybody knows that somebody said that, by the way, right away. And I agree 100 percent. It's like, hey, that's cool. No, um, it's and by the way, that's everybody who was never at an El Trafico. Imagine, Kevin, there are people who were not there who did not witness one of the greatest sporting moments in the history of sports, and they don't know what it was like to be there whenever it happened. That's almost sad. It almost makes you like want to say, well, I don't know why you're living. Like, why would you want to continue on this earth knowing that you never felt what was in that stadium on that day, in that moment. You didn't have your phone blowing up for a 24 to 48 hours afterwards of friends who have never paid attention to soccer going, oh, I was there. Do, are, are, you, do you need, are you busy? Do you need to go somewhere? What, what's going on with your computer over there? It's like I hear beeps. I hear, I hear dinging. Do you just, you know? It's, it's the chill. It's the chill. Okay. All right. Just warning you that there's an ice warning outside. I understand. Um. So anyway, so that was that was a fun little moment there for 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 those guys and and where they were at. Um, there's some other will they stuff. Will be back for the Super Bowl? Yeah. What was that? Oh, well, will they go back will to they the, be back for the Super Bowl? I don't think they can afford it. I don't I don't know if MLS players make enough money to to be able to go to the Super Bowl. I've been seeing that the cheapest tickets out there right now are fifty five hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, and parking can go like I've heard seen parking uh, fees for six hundred and fifty seven hundred dollars. Uber. Uber. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know what the Uber is around there with the, with that. It's going to be an interesting uh, interesting week in LA. So certainly something to watch. Um, you know, Larry Morgan told me earlier when uh, he covered uh, the Rose Bowl when it was here. The, I think the Rams and Steelers at the Rose Bowl. He said every writer that that uh, worked that game got two free tickets to the game from the NFL. Yeah, I think he he texted me that as well. It was the Super Bowl. It was held at the Rose Bowl, right? And so it was the well, it was that the had Ram- to be when they were playing with leather helmets without face masks because. I can't imagine the NFL even thinking, thinking. about doing that now. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, so much Red fun. Grange played in that game. So much fun. So much fun. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about Diego Costa. We'll get to the other stuff oh, yeah, as well. Stuff. Yeah, um, sure. By the way, Herb, Herb has to make a stop and, 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 and give the, to give praise to the Herb Memorial chat room as well. Uh, a $50 super chat from, uh, from Herb. He says, Hey Josh, good evening, Mr. Baxter. So he says, Mr. Baxter to you. It's, it's mocking though. I want you to know, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, can you please clarify the whole winter window closing the MLS transfer window? I know they're different, but there's a little confusion. Thank you in advance. Let's talk about this real quick because there's lots of people who think that transfers have to happen like now. 
now um, and they don't. Uh, MLS has not even announced when their window closes. Kevin, have you seen it? It's not out. We haven't seen no. it. Yeah. So Look, my window's closed here. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> in Minnesota, the window's definitely closed. Yeah. Uh, here in SoCal, you could leave it open for a little bit. The, the There's no official closing date that I have seen yet from MLS. We've been actually watching and paying attention to it. Uh, how transfers work again uh, is the the only thing that matters is the window is open in the league the player is coming to, right? So as long as the window is open in Major League Soccer, you can get anybody from anywhere in the world and bring them onto your team. Uh, it doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter if the window is open in their country. It doesn't matter. It makes it really easy. Well, they break through the window and then they come in this window. Then that's 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 how it works. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's 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 how it's working right now. Now last year because of the delayed start, they actually kept the window open until June. They didn't close it till June, and then they opened it again like July seventh or eighth or something like that. So uh, there was a very sm- small. Um, very small, uh, uh, stuff going on there. So by the way, uh, yes, I said Diego Costa and I meant Douglas Costa. So everybody can chill out. Um, I'll, I'll fix myself whenever, whenever we get there, but How about Bob Costa, Bob Costas, he's, he's, he's in the play too. Uh, he doesn't move as good as anymore, but, uh, he's still, he's still got a good voice. Um, so anyways, that's what it is. Herb, thank you for the super chat. As always, we appreciate, uh, Herb, the memorial chat room. Um, so, uh, Herb is fine. Uh, there's no reason to have a memorial for him. We just like to have him, have one for him anyway. Uh, Douglas Costa rumors today, uh, by the way, if anybody's listening to this podcast, you cannot be surprised by either of these rumors today. This was like the most, yes, we know. Uh, Tom Bogert tweeted out from MLS. He was first, uh, the LA galaxy are finalizing a deal to sign Brazilian winger, Douglas Costa per source. Costa 31 will be the club's third DP. He's made, by the way, we told you that he was going to be a designated player a while ago. Uh, he's made 31 appearances with Brazilian Nash team. He's featured for the likes of Bayern, Juventus and more in hugely successful career. That was Tom Bogert saying that, uh, and then Fabrizio Romano, you have to do the hand hand gesture and you have to do the horrible voice. Um, and that'll be the next thing that gets canceled. Um, is making fun of Italian people. Uh, but Fabrizio Romano says Los Angeles Galaxy are pushing to sign Douglas Costa. Talks well advanced for Brazilian winger who's leaving Gremio looking for MLS move. Um, so there we go. We know we knew all that. This was stuff that we've been talking about for weeks. Um, it's stuff we have talked about on this podcast for weeks. Uh, so this is not new news in terms of where it is. It's just a sign that things are progressing closer and closer to where it is. Um, and so you know, Kevin, you weren't surprised by any of this, right? No, no. I, I mean, we talked about, like you said, we talked about this before. I wrote about it before. I talked to Greg Vanny a couple of weeks ago and mentioned the Costa rumors. I had been told then, and Greg did not deny it, nor did Chris Klein, um, that the Galaxy had two people, two, uh, you know, official, we don't know who they were. They were in Brazil. They were talking to, to Gremio. They were talking to Costa. They were trying to get this move done. Um, I kind of pushed back on uh, to Greg a little bit. Uh, questioning whether or not this was really the player they wanted. And he insisted that that Costa is still can be one of the best players in the world, that he has a, a high upside, it was Greg's take, um, if he is healthy and if he can be motivated. Um, that didn't sound like, uh, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm Greg meant it as a compliment. To me, that didn't wasn't uh, uh, something that sounded very positive to me. It sounded like a lot like, Gio uh, DeSantos. It sounded a lot like Steven Gerrard. It sounded like if if we can get this guy to play, then the money we're paying him is worth it. It's a Balotelli situation. The, they're already going into this thinking, 
that they are going to have to treat this guy differently from everybody else because he needs to be motivated differently. That the, that winning and, and paying him is not going to be the motivation they want. At the time, right. uh, Costa said, no, he wanted to stay with Gremio, which is a second division club in Brazil. It was first division, though. I want to make it clear. He was playing for Gremio first division, and they got relegated, and now it's second right. division. And he, so they got, and he wants to stay to help them back. At the time, I wrote that that appeared to be uh, uh, um, something they were using, yeah, negotiating tactic, and and it turns out that it was. But you know, I, the guy's thirty-one; he hasn't played for Brazil in, in since twenty eighteen, um, and and already the head coach and the guy that that's been pushing to sign him is saying that there could be some problems of of motivation. This doesn't sound like the kind of guy you want to bring into this uh, to this team. Do you, do you want to, here is the bit of new news that we have um, really today. One, I guess you could say the confirmation on the designated player is certainly there. Uh, the rumors are $5 million a year. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if you can, if that's spread out, by the way, there was also a rumor of a loan, but it doesn't seem like we're getting loan vibes from anybody on this. And I don't know. It would be from Juventus. Yeah. And it would be from Juventus because uh, Juve is, is, is owns his contract right now, his contract up. And I think I've said this wrong a couple times. Um, I think it changed. I think I looked it up really early and then all of a sudden it got, it changed on transfer market, which is sort of group edited. So sometimes that can happen. But um, whenever I first looked at it, I thought his contract wasn't up until the summer of 2023, but it's actually up this summer, 2022. So well, and, and, and here's what, why that's important. I think transfer market has a value around 4.4 million. So if the $5 million figure is, is accurate, a little bit over that, um, who they has is paying his salary right now. Right. <clears throat> so if the Galaxy can, as they did with Ashley Cole, as they did with Nigel Young, if they can go to Juve and say, look, we'll take him off your hands. We don't want to pay a transfer fee, but you are not responsible for the rest of his salary, uh, which is prorated, but it's still going to be, uh, I would guess, well over a million dollars, which is not chump change, right. even for a Serie A team. We'll just take him off your hands, no transfer fee, just get release him from his contract and we'll sign him. Um, that sounds like like probably what is happening if there isn't a transfer fee involved. Uh, yeah. And, and so listen, there could be, um, but also like you said, if the salary goes away, if things get written off, if everything goes away, that's the thing. Here's the, here's the one piece of new news that we had today. Uh, there was a picture that was circulating around the internet of Douglas Costa wearing an LA galaxy kit. Now with uh, the sash, with the sash, this is the 2020 uh, home kit, the 25th anniversary silver sash edition. People were saying, well, why is he wearing the old Jersey then? Um, so here there's a bunch of theories on why one is this picture could be old. Maybe Douglas Costa put this, put this, uh, shirt on Kevin, uh, a couple years ago in 2020, whenever he was around, he's like, Oh man, I really like this LA galaxy kit. Maybe, uh, maybe Pavone sent it to him or something like that. And he was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to, I'm going to wear this. Uh, maybe that's it. That's probably not it. Uh, this is probably him wearing a kit that he was able to go out and buy himself. Um, knowing that the transfer is close to being done. Um, or at least done on his part, um, wherever it goes. And it's probably him wearing an LA galaxy kit. So that way he can be like, Hey, here it is. I got it. Now people say, well, why didn't the LA galaxy send him one? Well, that takes time, especially getting down to Brazil in order to do that. And if you'll remember, there was one goalkeeper, Mr. Jonathan bond who came out. Um, and whenever he signed with the LA galaxy, I think he went to a store and literally bought the only galaxy Jersey they had. And it was a replica. Um, well, and so, we know they sell them in London. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, so uh, so that's probably what happened here. This is probably a sign, again, um, even further signs, that we have fire. We have a five-star rumor. This is headed towards a signing. We all know that, um, that Douglas Costa is coming to the LA Galaxy, and here's the first kit picture of him in an LA Galaxy kit. That's probably what well, this and, is. And, and you can see the palm tree there behind him. So 
Obviously, he's in a warm weather climate. He's not in Minnesota, so that's good. Also, it's short sleeve, which you wouldn't be wearing here. But you know, I think I, I anticipate the Galaxy will confirm this at some time, probably mid midway through the third game of the season after Cost already has a couple of assists or a goal or something. Maybe then they'll confirm that he's been signed. I've asked the team a number of times, and they keep telling me that when it's done, they'll let me know if it gets done. Yeah, and um, I, I think so, we're I think we're close though, right? I mean, we can both agree we think this is headed towards the signing. There doesn't seem to yeah, be I, anything. I think it's already done. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Galaxy can talk all they want about well, the league has to sign off on it, the league has to approve it, and all. When you get this far with a guy like Douglas Costa, yeah, whatever paperwork problems there are, they will be taken care of. This isn't like some 17-year-old kid that, you know, you know, is trying to decide between a high school or Galaxy 2. This is, you know, a, a, a significant player. If they've gotten this far, he it, it's it may not be done, but it's done. You know what I mean? It's yeah. going it, to it's it's happening. Yeah, and by the way, everybody wants to point out, I think you weren't questioning that he was in Brazil where they have palm trees. You were saying like, well, he's not somewhere else. He's clearly he's either he's either in Brazil or he's in LA already. He's probably in Brazil. Yeah, no, I think that. he's I think he's probably in Brazil. I'm yeah. just saying that that it, you know it's it's really him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. It doesn't look photoshopped because that was the first thing I'm like, oh, somebody photoshopped this on because I see that now. Obviously, photoshops are getting really good, and I can't tell you that that it wasn't, but it doesn't look like it. So this is what you get, Douglas Costa. Again, we told you the rumors five million dollars a year. We told you there's a rumor about a one year loan that doesn't seem the case. We don't know how many years. We don't know how that's spread out. Uh, if it's a five-year contract, Kevin, then it's uh, then perhaps they have a chance of making a TAM player instead of designated player. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a designated player. Um, we know this, so um, that's sort of where it's it's headed and where it goes. Now, yeah, five, by the way, five million will make him one of the probably four or five. Uh, highest paid player in the league. Yes, it will be. And and if you look at the LA Galaxy's outlay on players, just in terms of uh, Chicharito at six and, and cost at five at $11 million, that's that's a serious outlay of money. That being said, they could they could go after other people as well and spend that kind of money. So it's, it's interesting. I thought this, we've been saying this, but sometimes I don't get it across as clearly. Uh, M- at MLS underscore buzz on Twitter. Um, everybody, I think, if you're on Twitter, you probably follow uh, this account and they do a pretty good job, I think, of just talking about everything MLS uh, and talk about rumors and everything else. Uh, this is what MLS Buzz said about Douglas Costa. Uh, Douglas Costa hasn't had a season where he got more than five goals and assists in almost five years and hasn't been an international player since 2018. In a time when MLS clubs are recruiting players like Insigne or or uh, Insigne or Alma- Almeida, it's weird that the Galaxy keep going this route. Uh, Galaxy could recruit a player like Insigne if they wanted to, zero doubt. We've been saying that. That's that's one of the things we've been talking about. Is that the LA Galaxy have the resources, Kevin, to do anything they want, um, to sign anybody what they want. If they want Insigne, they could go and get him. Um, they could have done what Toronto did. Toronto is being bold in what they are trying to do. They're trying to shake their core, shake their core base, and say we do care. We are here. We want to be relevant in MLS and in the world. And they made world headlines in order to do it. Um, and so that used to be stuff the LA Galaxy did. Maybe it's not well, smart. I, 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 I don't know. Did that was that stuff the Alex Galaxy used to do? Because the Galaxy, you know, there are other officials in the league, coaches, general managers, and all that that kind of chide the Galaxy for this mo they have, which is signing big names that that are great for marketing and great for for selling jerseys. We talked about earlier, but may not be the guys you want on the field. And it it seems like the Galaxy history has been. I mean, David Beckham was a very useful player and very important player. But he wasn't in his prime when he came to the Galaxy. Robbie Keane wasn't in his prime. Now, he was a great player for the Galaxy. I'm not saying there weren't great players for the Galaxy. But I'm just saying, Gio Dos Santos, Ashley Cole, 
Nigel DeYoung, Steven Gerrard, they all came in on the tail end of their career when, you know, that whole MLS retirement league thing. And, and as far as, you know, what other MLS officials say about the galaxy is, look, if you want to go and get those big name guys and sell a lot of shirts, that's fine. That's a strategy. And the galaxy have had success and they've won doing that. Um, other general managers say we're interested in bringing in the best players and insignia, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, players like, uh, um, Martinez in Atlanta or, or whomever, the Galaxy go out and get the big name players, um, and, and a lot of times they happen to be guys that maybe their best days are behind them. And the Galaxy have always kind of trafficked on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean the Galaxy they are the biggest club in the league and they're the most expensive club in the league. And Greg Vanny has a history of spending, so you can throw away the whole um, salary thing. It's always going to be over twenty million dollars a year as long as he's here. Um, they could go after those big players, but right. the Galaxy seem to, and, and I think this comes more from AEG than from anybody in the offices at Dignity Health Sports Park. They want the big names because they want to sell jerseys and they want to look like an important club. Right. Sometimes that means you don't win on the field as often, though. I, I, my my argument here was that that was cutting edge MLS, right? Which was get guys who are a little bit on the downturn but can still play. Uh, Terry Andre. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And so you can bring them in and you can make these big splashes. That was cutting edge of MLS. The Galaxy used to be on cutting edge of MLS, especially when Bruce was around, right? Uh, pioneering the third designated player, um, sort of moving around with the different TAM things and, and being the first to exploit rules that maybe MLS didn't realize were loopholes and things like that. That's not what we have seen from the Galaxy in the last, you know, five, six years. Um, and so that's, that's sort of where I take that from the galaxy are perfectly capable of being on the cutting edge, um, if they wanted to be, and it seems like they don't want to be, uh, where you have teams like Atlanta and, Tur and Toronto who are willing to spend a lot and, of money for young talent, um, in Seattle. And I think the $5 million that, that you talked about, I mean, it's just a fraction of what Toronto's spending on their DPs, but the galaxy are going to push back and say, look, he's one of the top paid players in the league. We are spending money. Yeah. yeah, but are you getting the value for that money? You're spending money for a guy who used to be really good. Yeah, I, this is this is and and this is what uh, Sophie, uh, by the way, the canon. She was talking on on Twitter and she she responds. So I'm going to steal this from her. She says, "Yes, all that is true," and I don't think she's arguing it. But if Costa gets on the field with this LA Galaxy team, he will be the most talented player on the field. Hands down, bar none, he will be the most talented player on the field. Whether that translates to him, absolutely. I was talking with somebody, and I, I won't use uh, their name just because I don't know if they they would let me talk about this. But we were talking about Costa. We were saying seems like a huge gamble, a huge risk. There is high risk, high reward in this, right? It doesn't make sense because you could really spend five million dollars a lot of places around the world and get something that maybe is more of a sure deal than what Douglas Costa is going to bring to you. Having said all of that, this is what Sophie and this person were sa were saying is, but if he does show up and he does play, he could absolutely tear MLS apart. It's just a lot of coulds and a lot of ifs and a lot of maybes, and that's yeah, the gambling part. Absolutely. he he. I agree with all of that, and he could go on and have a 30-goal season, or he could wind up sitting on the bench. I think they took a big gamble when they brought Ibra here. I think you could argue that. He was hurt. He wasn't playing. When he was playing in, in, in England, he wasn't playing well. But remember that first year, he almost played for free. And he proved how good he could be and came back and got an MLS record contract, which he totally deserved the second year. I don't see Douglas Costa being that level of game changer. And, but but all that could be true. He could come out and surprise everybody. But unlike Ibra, he's coming in at $5 million a year. So right. if he doesn't produce, you've lost a lot of money. With Ibra, it was almost an audition.
in a sense. Yeah, I, I, hundred percent. I'm just saying. I just want to acknowledge that Costa is a supremely talented player. I don't want to just dismiss that, right? And so, if you're hoping that you're getting the most talented player that has proven himself at some of the highest, you know, in Juventus and Bayern Munich and all these places, right? Played in Champions League games, those types of things. Um, you could get that. And I think that's what the Galaxy are banking on. So while all of us are sitting here saying this doesn't make sense, the whole deal, I think the Galaxy are sitting there saying, well, you have a guy who is overlooked and undervalued in the place that he was, and you can bring him to MLS. And of course, this guy is going to, they're convinced of it. Otherwise, I don't think they would be making the signing. Why is he with all those other teams? Exactly. You know, why is he still not there? Mm -hmm. And and I agree with all that. And I'll, I'll just go back to my original point is, um, you know, Robbie Keane was one of the best players in the in the league and one of the best players in EPL history. Steven Gerrard, e even better. Gio Dos Santos, you know, he started at Barcelona. He played at some of the biggest clubs in Europe. They were all supremely talented players as well. They came here. Gerrard didn't seem to be motivated, didn't seem to be interested. We know what happened with Gio. Robbie Keane was the other way. You know, you could look at Costa and say, is he going to be a Robbie Keane? Is he going to be a Gio Dos Santos? He could be either one. And he's as talented as those guys, probably even better. Um, and but we'll just have to see how he, you know, how motivated he is. This is, this is what I said on Thursday's show. This signing is headed toward it's going to get complete. So get used to it. So I, you can complain about it. But Douglas Costa, uh, you know, unless something goes wildly out of whack, is going to be an LA Galaxy player. So that's sort of where we're at. Let's fold that. We've talked about it a bunch. We're 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 there. Um, the next thing that sort of happens in this long path is that he gets announced. Oh, quite honestly, yeah. what was that? Soap opera. Soap opera. Yeah, and, and this soap opera is that he gets announced. That's next. Um, the signing happens. That he gets announced. That's next in half, all of this. Half time of the third game <laughs> is when you'll when you'll know after he's played three games. Yeah, <laughs> there's another guy from South America that I would have preferred over Douglas Costa for this position. Do you know who that is? Uh, introduce him. Why, why, let's talk about Christian Pavone. Um, can I? That's, be, that's my guy. I, that's your guy. Um, that's my guy. Can I be? Can I be exhausted of this? Can I be tired of talking about this? Can I? And, and to understand that we have been talking about Christian Pavone coming back for over a year, um, I just, there's a lot. Listen, there's going to be, we're going to talk about this room. We're going to tell you why all of a sudden it is back and people are talking about it. Um, so uh, Pase Filtrado, which is a, a, a internet or a Twitter account that I followed and, and see constantly whenever it comes to rumors and a whole bunch of things, uh, basically said that Fernando Hildago, which is the representative of Christian Pavone is in Los Angeles to, to negotiate, um, the incorporation of the Argentino player, uh, and wear the LA galaxy shirt again, basically get them back to the LA galaxy. That is their report. Um, they are at least factual in the, uh, in the sense that, uh, his agent, uh, did put on one of his Instagram stories that he was headed to Los Angeles, um, to talk to the LA galaxy. So that is also true. Um, at least that's what it seems like. He says he's going to Los Angeles. I can't say that he's going to the galaxy. Right. So, so we'll talk There's about two, two teams in LA now. Do you, do you think, I mean, if you wanted a bigger smack in the face, it would be that he would go to LAFC. Is that su the, suddenly this wasn't about the LA Galaxy? That this is about him going back to MLS and, and playing for LAFC, right? Well, and and uh, there's a lot of reasons. I think that rumor has as many, if not more, legs than the Galaxy one. LAFC ha will have, or well, does have right now, uh, and a designated player spot to spend. They have a lot of money to spend. They need. Um, I think that they could very easily be without Carlos Bella by July. 
and be without Brian Rodriguez before that. So they have a need for a playmaking forward, of which we know Pavone is, a guy like uh, Brian Rodriguez that can score or, or assist. He's versatile enough to do both, uh, can play on that front line. I, in a lot of ways, I really like uh, Pavone pairing with with Chicharito. I think that would be a dynamic tandem for the Galaxy. Right. Uh, I've always wanted him to play there, but I also see he fits in very well with what LAFC is trying to do. So when you say back in the day, it used to be all, you know, they're coming to LA to talk about MLS and it was the Galaxy. N- not necessarily this right. one. I can see where this would work for LAFC just as well. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I should put a disclaimer in our Discord. If you post anything in our Discord, I get to steal it from my shows. Um, I use that. So, Nick, yes, I did use your screenshot from the Discord. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. So, um, that's that. So, so that's why this has suddenly popped back up. Now, there have been rumors and accounts that the LA Galaxy have gone after Christian Pavone. We told you about some of them. We told you that the LA Galaxy were in Argentina at one point to talk to Christian Pavone. We didn't know who the representatives were. Uh, we assumed it was Jovan Karol. We assumed it could have been somebody like Chris Klein with him as well. Um, Could have been somebody else. Don't know. Um, But they went and talked to Christian Pavone. I have also been on this show telling you that I had heard a source and it rumored that I wouldn't necessarily assume that Christian Pavone wanted to come back to Los Angeles. All right. So um, there's still hurdles to this. And I don't think people... I hate this because I'm going to sound like a broken record because we've been talking about this for a year. But if I don't talk about this, then we're not in the right place to be. Here are the hurdles to signing Christian Pavone. I outlined them on Twitter. He would need to be a TAM player. Is that possible? I can tell you, yes, it is possible for Christian Pavone to be a TAM player. I think it is max. He was making like $1.5 million a year for the LA Galaxy. That fits under the $1.6 million targeted allocation money ceiling that is out there right now. It's like one six twelve five hundred whenever you break it down. So, um, so yes, he could be paid up to that amount and it would fit within the salary that he was already making with the LA Galaxy. We know that the LA Galaxy and Christian Pavone at some point came to an agreement on personal terms should he ever be transferred from Boca. I don't know if those have changed, but we knew there was at least a framework for what they were willing to accept whenever he came back to LA and he was expected to come back to LA. Um, this would probably, if this is the case, him needing to be a TAM player, you would have to wait until summer. Why would you have to wait until summer? Because if you do it now, Kevin, you'd have to pay Boca a transfer fee. And if you pay a transfer fee, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to get him for a targeted allocation money player. A TAM player, he would probably be a DP. And the LA Galaxy don't have any DP slots when they sign Douglas Costa. And let me throw something in real quick. If you wait for the summer, you can sign him. I think you can do a kind of an Ebro thing sign him for maybe a little bit under market value, knowing that you have a DP spot opening when when Chicharito leaves, uh, if he does leave after the season, that you would technically or possibly have a DP spot opening. And you could say to Pavone, look, pay for a, pay, pay at our price for six months and then we'll pay your price next year. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You could do that. So that is certainly uh, no international slots if when Costa is signed. I just said that. Listen, the Galaxy already are basically full right now, but we're expecting Carlos Harvey got a green card. So they technically have one. When Costa comes, he will be that final designated player spot. We've talked about this many times. That's eight of eight. Now, can the LA Galaxy go out and buy one, Kevin? Absolutely they can. So not a huge hurdle whenever you're talking about this. $250,000 is kind of the going rate right now. People said, um, and in our Discord, and I always like to remember this, there's always this idea that well, everybody knows the LA Galaxy need an international slot, so they're going to go ahead and jack up the price. Absolutely true if there's a limited number of international slots still available. However, if multiple teams have international slots that they're looking to move, then you can play them off of each other as well. Maybe you can get one for 200000 because one was sold not too long ago for $200,000. So in general allocation money, you can take care of the international slot problem. 
Here is the biggest one. And I know people think that this is not a big one, but the pending legal case, he was accused of rape in Argentina. That is being played out in a process in the courts. That process could be over two weeks from now. It could be over two months from now. It could be over two years from now. Nobody knows. But I was talking to people today and they said they, would be, they thought it would be very unlikely that the LA Galaxy would risk knowing it, not knowing whether or not there, when that would wrap up and what the outcome of that would be. It absolutely matters. And I know people are saying, well, you know, it's been quiet for so long since those, since that case sort of went to court and had its first day in court and, and those types of things. And now it's just quiet. So it probably just went away. That's I, I, nobody has said that. Um, and I would imagine the LA Galaxy have investigated it and looking at this. And if they feel confident that they can do it, then it's because they know something that is not publicly available. Everybody says the case is going to go away, but it has not gone away and it is still there. And you, that's a huge PR risk for the LA Galaxy. That's probably the biggest hurdle to this happening. Um, yeah, and, and the case does not appear to be making any mo uh, forward motion. Doesn't appear to, to there doesn't appear to be much much action on it. And and let's say let's just take Pavone at his word. Let's just say that this is not true, and you know that uh, it, it, you know he's being embezzled or whatever, and and that the, the woman wants money. Let's just say that I, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just for the sake of argument. Let's say that. And the galaxy goes, okay, we believe you. We've checked it out. We think you're right, Christian. And then all of a sudden, the court makes a totally different decision. New evidence comes up. The judge makes a ruling. Um, and, you know, and he's eight games into a season or 12 games into a season. All of a sudden, court says, you know what? You're guilty. At this point, do we even know if he can leave Argentina? At one point, he was banned from leaving Argentina. I, I don't think that's an issue. I think that, you know, with with the, the rules, I think there could be an agreement for that to happen. But anyway, this is this is absolutely um you know, and, and by the way, you, you take it one way, which is, and I agree, right? Let's, let's believe him on his word. Let's, let's say that he was lying though. And this comes back that he did do it. And there's evidence that he did it. Are you really going to sit there, um, and say that the LA galaxy are going to risk that this is the biggest hurdle and you can argue. And by the way, please don't leave comments. Like I hate to be that guy, but I don't care about it. I, I don't care about that opinion. It doesn't matter to me. Do not leave it. I'll just delete it. It's useless. The fact is you're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation, an AEG, putting their money behind somebody who could or could not be guilty for this, right? And so that's Remember huge Katai. Remember Katai? He was a much lower profile player, um, but there was stuff that if they had done their due diligence with the Chicago Fire, a lot of fire people talked about afterwards, yeah, we knew that guy in the locker room. You know, we knew that there were some issues with he and his wife. They were not at all surprised when that whole thing blew up over Black Lives Matter and the galaxy had to get rid of them. And, and it was a very embarrassing thing. And and this is Alexander Katai, who a good player, but certainly not anyone, the profile of an Argentine World Cup veteran. So um, this is a guy that you can't make any mistakes with. Um, let's see. Uh, David says, uh, gave us a $5 super chat and says, uh, very unlikely galaxy would risk it. Hmm. Josh, what front office are you talking about? And when did we get them? I see again, we're, we're applying some logic to it. Right. And, and the whole deal. Um, well, another thing too, is that we have talked about this too. We've heard some unconfirmed reports, not direct from direct sources, but that there may have been some issues, uh, in the negotiations with, uh, Pavone and his representatives and the galaxy that, that, perhaps there were some things might have went a little bit south, went a little bit sideways. And that could explain why, if in fact Pavone's uh, representative are coming here to talk to the galaxy, um, there could be a little bit of fence mending going on as well. Yep. But 
my understanding is that that report from the agent from Argentina said he was coming to LA, but did not specifically mention the galaxy. Is that correct? I mean, so from his Instagram story, it didn't mention the LA galaxy, right? He said he was coming to LA. So certainly he could be coming for any number of Super reasons. Bowl. He's, he's going to the Super Bowl. Could be. He's going to the, and in fact, this, the, the chat said that earlier. It's like, he's always oh, probably going to the Super Bowl. So anyway, that's where we sit. Um, I think there are a bunch of hurdles to this happening. I've given you them. There are stuff that you can certainly either ignore or get around by purchasing your way through them. Um, whenever it comes to these, um, again, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't tell you, and I wouldn't push back just to, to push back. I'm telling you that I'm feeling I'm being I'm, I'm feeling pushback whenever I talk about this. This is not something where I'm like, oh, yeah. So, you know, when's Douglas Costa coming? Oh, well, we'll see. That seems to be headed in this general direction. Right. You know, um, so it's a it's a whole bunch of things that that sort of are leading me to believe that um, that it's not imminent, that Pavone coming back seems like a lot bigger of a task um, whenever it goes. So. But you know, sometimes these kind of deals become the white whale, and you have to you have to land the white whale. All these difficulties that are put in in front of a of a of a front office or a team makes makes them want to go out and do it even more. And that's when it gets to be dangerous because sometimes it's one of those things where, you know, we know we should walk away from this. We know it's not working out. For you know, karma's not on our side. We should walk away from this, and they don't, and it blows up. Very well could be the case. All right. So that's where we sit on Pavone. There are rumors, but that, I mean, that's the rumor you're talking about. You want to know why people are suddenly thinking that Christian Pavone is coming back. It is based on this and this alone. Um, I haven't seen anything else that sort of pops up and says, yes, this is absolutely happening. Um, well, you know, and the other thing is in other news today, Mbappe apparently is going to Real Madrid this summer. So he's out of the picture. He's not, <laughs> he's, he's not available anymore. So, they, yeah. so the galaxy can't get him. Um, he could have been one of those young DPs, right? Because he's young enough, I think. Is he, is he still that young? Yeah, he is pretty young. Um, LA Galaxy uh, announcement here um, as we continue on uh, that they will be streaming the game coming up on Saturday. Uh, the game will be streaming on LAGalaxy.com. They also announced on Friday basically that they would be doing Saturday, February 19th. Um, as well. Uh, so both of the games that are Dignity Health Sports Park that you can attend, they will be streaming those on LAGalaxy.com. Now, uh, GeoBlocked. Uh, we talk about this all the time. We talk about this every preseason game whenever they're going to stream it. If basically MLS has a mandate that says that you have to keep it to your broadcast area. The LA Galaxy's broadcast area is actually kind of big whenever you think about it. It can hit all the way up to Las Vegas, all the way down to San Diego, and I think even some in Hawaii uh, whenever you really pick it up. So, and Peru. And Peru, and, and, and Peru apparently, right? Um, so whenever you are looking at this, um, usually we say it's about a 75-mile radius. Uh, this is MLS mandating. They don't want it basically to go to free to everywhere. I don't like this rule. I think it's stupid. It's preseason. These games are meaningless in a lot of ways, except to just watch players sort of find form and play and do that stuff. But the games don't mean anything in terms of, you know, points or standings or anything like that. And so trying to monetize this or trying to make sure that somebody else doesn't monetize them seems like a bit of a stretch to me. Just let this grow the game. Let somebody in, you know, South Africa watch the LA Galaxy or in Ireland watch the LA Galaxy on a preseason. If that gets them, you know, excited about your club, it's about... We know they're going out to buy shirts in Ireland. They are, right? Right. Whenever they're in London. 
And, and are you bothered by the fact that for whatever reason they've singled out Gio Dos Santos in this by Gio blocking it? <laughs> yes. I, I think it's probably wise that they don't let Gio watch this stuff anymore. That was a bad joke when you said it the first time. And I yeah, knew you were going to say it again. I was, next time you bring it up, I, I, I'm I knew, make the same joke. I knew it was coming and it was still yeah. bad. Um, so anyway, so that's where it is. Now, the other thing to note is uh, Galaxy's still TBD on any of those uh, Empire Polo Club uh, games. Where, where is that? Uh, that's out in Coachella. That's the that is the oh. uh, that is the Coachella, Coachella Valley Invitational. There it is. Yes, okay. yes, the the Coachella Valley Invitational um, that's going. So still uh, to be determined. I I think somebody on Twitter said it right. It's like yeah, watch them make a big deal about this being the Empire Polo Club and the Coachella Valley Invitational, and then not stream the games. Right? It's like because you can't go. They're not going to let anybody go, yeah. and then they're not going to stream the games too. It's like. So maybe we shouldn't have just waited on that whole big announcement that we're going to have this this tournament. It's going to be awesome, except that it's not because you can't watch it and you can't go. Um, so anyway, so those are sort of the things. Again, in the future, we expect that people will be able to go to these games uh, post-COVID, whenever that is. When it, when, in the next 10 years, you'll definitely be able yeah. to go to the Empire Polo Cup. Yeah, Club in, and watch in 1918, they were talking about, you know, coast, the post-Spanish flu games, and they never got there, so... That's, that's Maybe all. we'll still be dealing with this. Uh, Irvin gave us a $10 super chat and says, Happy Lunar New Year. Happy Lunar New Year to you as well, Irvin. Uh, here is your red pocket money. I always, I always like, see, there's some really good holidays that if like you get on board with, you could end up with some pocket money. Um, I think we need to embrace those more. Uh, what's, the, what's the year this year? The year of the what? I don't know. I, I'm sure somebody in the in the chat room can talk about what the what the year is. So let us know. Anyway. Um, so uh, so that's where we were sitting for those. Uh, one of the international updates, uh, and we want to make sure that we get uh, uh, Kevin out of here fairly soon because it's, uh, it's later in Minnesota than it is here. You're living in the future. Um, and also the past at the same time. Interesting. Uh, Julian Araujo playing for Mexico. Well, this is a question mark. He did not dress the first game. He dressed the second game. But with injuries and suspensions, there's a very good chance that Julian Araujo could be suiting up for Mexico in a World Cup qualifier. Well, and, and I know a little bit about the history of this. Um, I, I think when he played in that friendly last year uh, in December, I believe it was, he was like the best player in the field for Mexico. He he was very, very good. And I think he impressed a lot. But I, I just think Tata Martino was a little bit uh, skittish about putting him in for his first, uh, you know, international with Mexico in, in a big game like a World Cup qualifier. So he didn't use him in, in, in Jamaica, I think was their first game. Right. Um, and now he's going to use him in a game that, Tata Martino's job could be on the line. It's against Panama. They need to win this game to improve their chances of making the World Cup. Mexico has not played well. Um, this is a much bigger game than the, the first two games of this window. Um, and now because of injuries and suspensions and cards and all kinds of other stuff, it looks like Julian Rojo will play. I, I think he's going to do really well. Yes. Um, but I just think Mexico was maybe a little bit too careful in the way they were bringing him along. And now they have to throw him in the deep end a little bit even more. Um I'll say this. This is good for LA Galaxy fans. You don't want him to go to Mexico camp and not play. Uh, you want him to have gotten some time. You want him. Yes, there's injury risks to anybody whoever plays in any international match. Um, and I would rather they not. But if they're going, you want him to play. You want him to have that confidence. And Julian Rajo has sort of been sitting, just training. He didn't even dress the first game. He dressed the second game. Uh, this is now his chance to sort of go out and prove something. And Julian Rajo loves to prove stuff. It's just that's sort of in that kid's DNA. So um, I'm and, looking know, forward to it. So they, they play, I think it's Panama, this game. Uh, again, a big game for Mexico. You know who they play in their next game U at home? United States of America. Yeah, and Julian Araujo could, could definitely, if he does well, play in that game as well. Lots of fun. I enjoy it. All right. Um, 
let's go to uh, the announcement that uh, Charlotte FC has just passed 60,000 tickets sold for the home opener against the LA Galaxy. Can I tell you, this is there's a lot of people here who think that this is an LA Galaxy thing, right? Well, obviously, they're playing the LA Galaxy. They're going to sell 60,000 tickets. Can I just, there's lots of times that this would be true. This isn't one of them. All right. Charlotte seems genuinely jazzed about their team. They seem pumped about the stadium. I'm sure playing the LA Galaxy helps. It's not Austin or it's not uh, the Colorado Rapids. Um, you know, what did somebody say? Let's see them do it on a cold night uh, against Vancouver. Right. You know, it was, it was one of those. Let's see them fill up that thing. But for their first game at home in front of their home fans, 60,000 tickets sold. That's mostly Charlotte. Um, on that. I'm sure Galaxy fans will show up. I'm sure it'll be there. But that's that's Charlotte sort of well, proving that they have a, a market for soccer. Let me say this about that. Um, MLS continues to shoot itself in the foot. They do this over and over and over again. A new team, it's been years in the making. They've been talking about this in Charlotte for a long time, just as they did in Miami with Inter-Miami. And then they make these teams play their first game on the road. Um, that's, that's Charlotte's home opener, yes. And you can see the excitement, 60,000 tickets. They have a stadium, okay? It's not like LAFC and some of these other teams where they didn't have a stadium. They have a stadium. They have a place to play. They have a fan base. They should open at home right. because the excitement is there. Tap into that excitement. Let's say Charlotte goes on the road. They will go on the road for their first game. Let's say they lose 10 to nothing and their best player gets hurt. Yeah. That just tramps down all that enthusiasm. Is there inner Miami opened on the road I, and then didn't have a home game because of COVID for a year? Well, well, okay. So here, 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 I, I will sort of push back and say, it seems like they're doing just fine because they're getting 60,000 people at this game. I, I agree with what you're saying though. They should open at home. They should do it. They have it. This is, I, I see people in the chat room. They're saying we better not lose to, to Charlotte, right? You know, it was like the galaxy better not lose to Charlotte. It's like, listen, you're going into an extremely hostile, amped up environment. Expect Charlotte to play one of the best games they play all year against the LA yeah. Galaxy. And, and you're going across the country. And again, going back to MLS, you know, again, the game that can't shoot straight into Miami. First two games on the road. First one in LA, national TV game. Great. David Beckham comes home. Then they played the second game on the road somewhere, Orlando. I don't remember. Then they came home to play their first game. COVID hit, and again they didn't play a home game for a year. Yep, and then so, and then they opened. MLS was too smart by half. And then they opened up with the LA Galaxy that year, and the Galaxy came from behind to beat them at home. Right, right? you know, it was one of those. And they weren't an expansion team anymore. Uh, David, by the way, gave us a five dollars super chat. He says, "Here's some money to get Kevin Heat in that Minnesota hotel room." It's fine. He turned it down before we even started because he was starting to get warm already with his outfit on. This is a costume. This is theater that is going on right now. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where it is. The final thing we're going to talk about, and then we're going to let you go, um, is the LA galaxy announced today, their theme nights, right? They have theme nights, uh, Saturday, May 14th, Kevin, a big one for you. Nineties night. Um, I don't know why I said for you, but just it's nineties night. I don't know that I'm excited about that, but it's nineties night. Um, I'm almost 90. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're getting closer to 90. Certainly I'm, I'm moving towards 90 a lot faster than I'm moving away from uh, away from 20. It feels like uh, so FC Dallas again on that game um, at Dignity L Sports Park. It's 90s night on Sunday, May 29th is Pride Night. You have June 18th, Saturday, June 18th will be the Juneteenth game. Uh, that was a really I really like the numbers and the kits they put out for Juneteenth um, last year. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, July 4th is against Montreal's fireworks night. Uh, they have Star Wars night on July 24th, Kids night, August 13th, alumni night, uh, alumni night uh, on Sunday, September 4th, uh, Valmos Galaxy night against the Colorado Rapids on September 17th. And somebody was asking me if this day is less 
cursed whenever it's not the last day of the season. I, I have to think that, no, it's not. And if you go back on a couple of those, uh, I think you can see it. Uh, on Saturday, October 1st, the LA Galaxy will host Real Salt Lake at Dignity Health Sports Park for Fan Appreciation Night, which usually means the LA Galaxy lose in stunning fashion, end up walking off the field before autographs. So maybe this year they can keep them on the field to sign autographs after they lose. Um, What's your favorite one? What's your favorite theme? Uh, every it looks like every game has a theme, right? No, not everyone. There's, okay. I mean, there's just you know, there's whatever. I like that there's a title sponsor for Saturday, April 9th against LAFC, but there's actually no theme for that. It's just, I guess, it's just El Trafico. They're just saying that's what the theme is. It's El Trafico. That's what that's what's going on. We we need more bobblehead nights. I want <sighs> bobbleheads. There's there's a lot of different things that probably could not. I don't know that I even have a fair. I don't know that any of these make me. Fireworks night is not that exciting for me because usually we have to talk to uh, coaches and players on Zoom with fireworks going off in the background. So that's not fun. Uh, Star Wars night might be the coolest one. Uh, alumni night is probably my favorite just to see some of the guys who we used to cover come back and you could see them around the stadium. So maybe that one we'll, we'll call it alumni night. I kind of like pride night because of the Robbie Rogers, you know, the history the galaxy have on that issue. Always you are usually a really great night. Um, I love the kit designs and the number designs usually that come out for pride and the scarves and different things. So, uh, usually on the merchandising side, maybe I'm just a merchandise like sucker. I will buy lots of things if they look nice. Um, and usually the pride night stuff is, is yeah. new, interesting and colorful, that type of thing. So well, you definitely didn't wear something that you bought that looks nice tonight. Like I said, you're in your pajamas. looks like, yep. Yep, I know. I, I dressed up for this. This is a reversible kit from Forward Madison. Thank you very much. It's pink on the other side. I won't I won't take my shirt off in order to show it, but I, I enjoy this uh this kit. It's nice to learn. And, and no one answered the Lunar New Year thing yet. I really yes, know they was. They it was Year of the Tiger. Year of the Tiger. Oh, you're, that was a great song. Oh, that was Island. I have the Tiger. Same. You could yeah. just sing it Year of the Tiger. It probably doesn't change that song that much. Good good song. So Kevin Kevin Hartman, El Gato is now El Tigre. El Tigre. No, I don't think that's how it works. I think he's still El Gato. Um, does Kevin Hartman have a cat at home? Do you have to have a cat if your nickname is El Gato? You know, if you have a cat, that means like you're like evil. If you're a guy and you have a cat, you're an evil villain. Oh, so maybe he has, he sits in his chair and 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 yeah, has the right. has the the hairless cat, the the sphinx looking cat, and he just yeah okay. Right. Anyway, good. Glad we got there. Uh, all right, I think that does it. Um, I think we got through all the stuff. You now know as much as I know, uh, which is funny because Kevin, this morning we thought we'd have nothing to talk about, and here we are, full show once again. So by the way, outdoor press box in Minnesota on Wednesday. It's at least part of the press. Part of the press is going to be outside. There's going to be an auxiliary press box. You won't be in that. Be, if you've been to the if, if you've been to Alliance Field, there is a large bar that runs along one behind one goal. That is where some of the media are going to be. I have told them that if I am not in the heated press box, I will be back here in my hotel room during that game. <laughs> are you pulling rank? Is that a rank pull? I feel like that was a rank pull. I, I would pull rank on well, that too. You know, there was a, a qualifier, the, the qualifier against Honduras, Bruce's first qualifier, was played on a very cold, rainy night in Honduras. That's where. Sebastian Jet scored the goal and then got the list stack fracture, broke his foot. Um, anyway, that game was very cold and there was limited spot in the press box, and it, it was it was getting really dicey. I mean, there was a number of of media that wanted to be in that press box and they were limiting seats. And I complained and complained and complained. And when I finally got to my seat, they did put me in the warm press box, and we have a little you know tag that goes on our seat. You know, it says Kevin Baxter, LA Times. Didn't say it this time. It just had a picture of the uh, snowman from frozen <laughs> that was it. that was my seat yeah I, I i would imagine so i would put you in the cold by the way if they gave me a choice i would definitely sit you outside so uh yeah that's what it is good luck good luck for you sir uh good luck on on wednesday and and not coming back with frostbite you know don't don't get an injury writing 
writing for writing about soccer. All right. I pull my index finger. Yeah, minus thirteen degrees. It's it'll be fine. That's you know it's it's a it's a dry cold. I heard. That's what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'll tell myself that. All right. Uh, anything else? You good? I'm never good, but uh, I'll stop talking. We'll we'll agree with that. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. And please head on over to latimes.com where you can get Kevin's coverage of the LA Galaxy, all teams in Southern California, and, of course, uh, the U.S. men's national team, Mexican national team, and all sorts of fun stuff that Kevin likes to do there. So please head on over there and check it out, latimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have a rumor tracker updated there. You can check it out. Still not high on Pavone, but that's okay. Uh, And of course, uh, head on over there for all of our podcasts and all that fun stuff. All right, that about does it for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato-Gesman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Peace. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.